Welcome to Financial Talks with Jude and Ed. Today we're going to be talking about RSPs. Uh, you know, RSP season is coming and the deadline is fast approaching and we want to kind of explain to our listeners what RSPs are, why you would want to use an RSP and the benefits of an RSP. And, you know, we have someone great on the channel who co-hosts with me, Ed, who does this day in and day out. Uh, why don't you tell us what an RSP is, Ed? Put it in late. Yeah, so an RRSP is saving for retirement. Uh, there's other uses such as being a first-time home buyer. Uh, you're also able to uh, use an RRSP if you're an adult and you're trying to go back to school. So a lot of different, well, I'm going to use the word a lot, but a little bit different ways that you can uh, look at an RRSP as well as reducing your tax payable. That's another big one that uh, my clients uh, look to an RRSP for. Um, Jude, have you set yourself up like with an RRSP? Uh, yes, I have, and I tapped into it before for the first time home buyers plan. Ah, perfect. So, talk to me about how that experience was. How much were you able to withdraw? Um, was it a complicated process? No, it wasn't complicated. Um, me and my wife were both putting away into our RSPs. Huh? Um, and when we knew that we were going to buy a house the next year, we kind of put a lump sum the year before because. I believe that was like the year before we made the most money versus the other year. Ah, so, so did, did you better. dual benefit there, right? You reduce your taxes mm -hmm. and saving for your home. Mm -hmm, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was really simple. But, you know, I did uh, go through a financial advisor at that time. And it's not my forte and I don't remember too much about it. But um, it, it, it basically you're saving money on taxes and then you also save for your home. And you can put the money back over a period of 15 years, I believe. And if you don't, right. you just pay the taxes on that one year payable. That's exactly right? it. They'll uh, divide the amount that you owe uh, one at over 15, right? And whatever that amount is, that's what they'll put as like incremental income on your tax return. Uh, one more thing mm -hmm. too, repayments. When you take money out of an RRSP uh, for first time home buyers, uh, the year that you take it out, you get one more year, right? Let's say you take it out January of 2021. You don't restart paying it until uh, uh, 2023, right? That that tax year. So you kind of get a little okay. bit of uh, time and then it's got to be repaid over that 15 years. No, it's good. I got a, just a quick question, uh, a little bit off topic of RRSPs. But when you made that investment for the one year uh, and you knew you were going to buy, what did you invest that money in? Was it stocks? Was it? I think it's just a GIC, oh. like a cashable GIC. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, no, you got some right mm -hmm. advice. You definitely don't want to be investing uh, money if you need it in a year for a house in the stock market, right? If you if it's a five, 10 years, no problem. But mm -hmm. I don't want to be doing that if you don't have uh, more than like, like four or five years, right? That's great. Mm -hmm. um, Perfect. So, so you ended up uh, withdrawing the money. Uh, you ended up putting it as a down payment on a home. Um, and then, did you did you restart your like repayments? Have you continued to contribute to your RRSPs now that you achieve your goal of being a first time home buyer? 
Yeah, so um, I think we talked about this in another episode, but I, part of my uh, employee um, purchase plan I put into RSPs. So um, that's my contribution for the year. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I know I've used like RRSPs before and I didn't use it. Funny, I'm in the bank, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't use it in the traditional uh, uh, way in the sense that I took it out as a first time home buyer. Um, but I did withdraw from my RRSP because I wanted to buy an investment property and mm-hmm. I actually had to pay taxes on that investment or sorry, on that withdrawal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas you got your money tax free, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, my money tax free. Tax free, yeah. So um, that was I, I was I was okay with the withdrawal uh, because back then I was making let's say forty five fifty thousand. So my tax bracket was relatively low. So I was okay right with with making the withdrawal and i knew it was going for an investment purpose but generally um uh, th- like i did learn unless it's for a first time homebuyer your primary residence is a lot if you're buying your primary residence not an investment property not a recreational property right you mm-hmm. can use that rrsp right uh for mm-hmm. the first time homebuyers otherwise you want to access it you got to pay the taxes yeah, so I, I get the first time home buyers stuff and that's a great benefit. But like, what about, um, you know, what's the major thing that people use RSPs for? It's more for like putting, deferring your retire, um, deferring your income now. So you pay uh, taxes on that income in the future when you retire, when you're not supposed to have as much income, right? Exactly, yeah. So. A lot of times when you're a medium to high income earner or you want to save for retirement, you would put money in an RRSP. Uh, a lot of the clients that I deal with, they uh, it's dual benefit. They're high income earners and they want to save for retirement. So in, in Ontario, uh, if you're making between 98000 and 150000 your tax bracket is 43%. For every dollar you put into that RRSP, you're getting a tax break of 43 cents. If you make uh, anywhere from 79,000 to 90,000 in Ontario, it's 31%. And anything over 49,000 to roughly 79,500, it's 29.65%. So you can see that the higher where the higher you make the more money you make the bigger the benefit of that rrsp contribution is from a tax perspective and you get the benefit of also uh, uh saving for retirement okay that's an amazing way to break it down you know you talking about that i have a specific question i was hoping you can clear up so you know with people going on maternity leave their income drastically drops to probably make potentially even less than what their income may be when they retire because they might have a defined benefit or whatever right so would you recommend that based on what income they're they're claiming during maternity leave you know speaking to your accountant would it be uh, a smart idea to pull from your rsps during maternity leave so if you need the money I would say you you that that would be the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, the deferral effect you mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, the math says the longer you shelter your taxes over a longer period of time and then also have add compounding effect mm -hmm. right on top of that, you're better off. Uh, maybe what I'd say is if you're contributing to an RRSP during maternity leave, uh, stop the contributions or mm -hmm. dial them down, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. you want to you want to switch from the RRSP and move it into the TFSA because that tax saving is not impactful. You might even be able to put it into your, your TFSA and when you go back to work, let's say it made three or 4%, you put it into something very conservative, right? And you can actually put that now on your, your future RRSP, right? Uh, uh, make a contribution with a bigger tax benefit. So, um, it definitely, uh, uh, if you're on maternity leave, I'd say don't necessarily take income uh, unless you're in like maybe making 25, 20,000, right? And that's the conversation. Uh, more look to, to dial down those contributions. Okay. So I think another thing that our listeners should do when they're doing their research is maybe pull up a, a tax calculator that you can find online. I use one from EY that basically will tell you your tax payable or whatnot based on how much um, or your tax rate based on how much income you're making and out of which province. So it's, it's a great calculator. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I use um, tax tips just to kind of get the, the tax chart. And then I also uh, use walterharder.ca, mm -hmm. uh, W-A-L-T-E-R-H-A-R-D-E-R, -E -E one word, walterharder.ca, and they'll have the uh, tax, tax payable calculator as well. Okay. So Ed, is there like a, a timeline for this? And is there like a maximum amount someone can put in their RSPs? Can they reduce their income to like $0, for example? Uh, I feel like technically you can. Uh, it's not advisable because in Ontario, the first $13,500 of income you make is tax-free. And if you're a student or, you know, maybe you're a parent, you're getting additional benefit credits, it may raise that tax-free to maybe fifteen or 16000 So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say um, uh, you could get it down to zero, but it's not necessarily... Uh, advisable in terms of how much tax uh, space you accumulate RRSP space it's 18% of earned income uh, earned income it's I, I don't have the table in front of me it includes close to like 10 to 15 different types of income but for the most part if you're working on a salary uh, it'll include that income um, but it won't include things like, I think, bonus. There's this big exhaustive list, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's generally 18% of your uh, your earned income for the year. That's what accumulates in RRSP space. You also need to minus any pension. If your employer has a pension and they're contributing for you, you need to minus those pension contributions on your um, RRSP contribution room calculation. The government does it for you, but that's more just food for uh, thought. Okay. And then we're talking about RSPs. When I think about RSPs, like, where is it sitting? Do you get to choose the type of vehicle? You know, I, I guess I chose the GIC at that time and now it's in a few stocks. But can you kind of explain the different type of securities and vehicles that you can use for RSPs? Yeah, uh, definitely. So for RSPs, 
stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, GICs, cash accounts. Uh, there's a lot of options. Uh, speaking of which, you can also trade options under your RRSP. So there's a lot of um, different uh, investments that you can invest in. Uh, I would say the younger you are, the more you want to take risk. You want to be investing in stocks, uh, ETF, stock based, right? Like more on the stock side. And if the older you get, uh, you know, you want to add a little bit more safety, protect more, you more your gains, right? But the relationship is just in general, the more risk you take, the more reward and we have canadian listeners so i also want to say uh don't have this home bias where you're only investing in canada u.s market the biggest return market going back to 1934 so you make sure you're investing uh worldwide right you do a little bit of canada if you want but you want to make sure uh from a return perspective u.s is the market you can get yourself an etf right like uh snp 500 etf follows the 500 biggest companies and uh kind of um yeah uh ride the wave right mm -hmm. as they say mm -hmm. yeah so, so uh sorry sorry i just had a question for you jude mm -hmm. uh you have rsps mm -hmm. right what are you invested in when it comes to your rsps it's just like uh, stocks, uh, a few American companies, a few Canadian companies. Um, a large portion is employee uh, stocks, but yeah, that's basically it. Ah, okay. So you're, what I'm hearing is your employer, if you're investing uh, through through your employer, they're they're only offering the the company stock. Is that a is that a fair statement? Yes. Yes. And, that, and that's pretty much uh, all you can invest in, right? Yeah, with the company, yeah. Yeah, and some employers do do that. Mm -hmm. They they allow you to invest through the company plan. They'll match. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't mind me asking, are they matching for you? And if they are, how much are they matching for you? They match, and I believe they do 50% of my contributions. Perfect. So it would be almost like stupid not to contribute because mm -hmm. you're getting – for every dollar you put in, you're getting 50 cents. You're getting a 50% return right away, risk-free. There's no, right, right away. Yeah, right away. It's a, it's a great option. So I, I max that option out and whatever I can do. And then Mark. after that, I go over and I do like, you know, my stocks. And I did a few um, throughout, like, you know, what me and you are always talking about, like whether it be during the weed uh, blow up or whether it be through like um, uh, the COVID times, buying that during those times, and then whatever those stocks that you would buy and hold that are blue chips as well, right? So that's basically my portfolio. Yeah. So is it fair to say you have no bonds? I don't have bonds. I'm. I feel like I'm too young for bonds. I have a higher risk appetite than most others. Or I feel like the younger you are, the the more risk you're able to take because you know. I still have what 30 plus years for retirement. Yeah, and I'm assuming no GICs in your RRSPs. No GICs. I don't want anything below two percent. Is that what they're paying now? Or <laughs> uh, not even five, five years, one percent. Okay. Uh, one year was like. 20. So you're not even beating inflation. What's inflation like? 
Uh, I think I think inflation was was a relatively low uh, for 2019. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like one point uh, two or one point five. Like relatively, but you're low. still not being inflation. So like, I think that's yeah. a big thing you should point out to our listeners. Like, what type of rate of return should you be trying to get on your RSPs? Because you know, just because you put in your RSPs, you defer some taxes and whatnot. But you your your rate of return, do you, don't you still want to be inflation? Absolutely. Um, and, and that's why we're talking about, especially when you're on the younger side, uh, let's say you're 30 years away from retirement, 25 years, 20 years, uh, get into stocks, take the risk. You can ride the ups and downs. Even if you go through a recession or two, they, 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 the history shows as long as you have time, right? Don't panic, invest you know, in these large companies that have cash and have been around and, you know, you're, you're using their products. Uh, that's, you'll generally be like safe and you'll be ahead. Right. So, um, yeah, I, they have this rule and I, I personally, I don't follow it. And they have a lot of rules in, in, in finances, but one is you take your age, Right. So let's say it's a uh, hundred stocks and then you minus it by your age. So mm-hmm. let's say you're 35, you would have 65% stocks and then 35% bonds. And then the more you get older, let's say you're now 70 years old, hundred minus 70 says it's 30. You have 30% stocks, 70% bonds. Have you heard of that rule, Jude? And what's your thoughts on it? I haven't heard of that rule, but that sounds feasible, right? Like you want to cash yourself out of uh, stocks as you get older so there's not as much fluctuations once you're retiring because you need that steady source of income but at the same time you can still be invested in some blue chip dividend stocks with a smaller portion of your profile yeah yeah definitely Definitely. And, and what I like, uh, especially on the later years when you're doing those numbers, mm-hmm. uh, you're transitioning more to bonds. So I like that concept. I don't agree a 20 year old that's reti- uh, 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 that's saving for retirement should have 80% stocks and 20% bonds. Like I don't think a 20 year old should have any bonds unless like specifically if that money's only for retirement, right? At 65, 70. Mm-hmm. So I think in the early years, uh, that's when you want to take the risk, the growth. You want to be, uh, you have the, the ability to go th- and, and, and you know, kind of mm-hmm. go through the up. I think so, even not in your 30s, go for it. Absolutely. You know, I, yep. that's my opinion. I think you need to kind of figure out what you might have coming up in the future. Like if you want to uh, um, put money away for certain items or whatnot, but then you wouldn't be using a registered savings product, right? Like you would be using a TFSA at that point if you're going to plan on taking out in five years at 35 or whatever, right? So. Yeah, and like exactly, maybe you're buying a car, saving for a vacation, right? More of the shorter term stuff, mm-hmm. absolutely. The RSPs generally are for the longer term, and uh, uh, if you are using that first time home buyers, you know you're planning to buy it in, let's say, one two years. You should have pretty much all bonds, right, mm-hmm. at that point. So. Um, no, every situation is different, but mm-hmm. when we're specifically talking about retirement, I like kind of like the way that they uh, the older you get, the more bonds you get. Added. Yeah, and just to go back to like one to two years, if you're buying a house, remember bonds still fluctuate in value, um, they go up and down, just they are neg- negatively correlated to stocks. So when stocks go up, bonds go down, 
when bonds oh, go, yeah. go up, stocks go down. So it's kind of a hedge. So if you have one year left, I think maybe a GIC product is even a better option for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like maybe a flexible, cashable GIC, right? Just so it gives mm. you the option whenever you want it, you got it, right? Yeah. Um, so what, no. what's what's the timeline line like is there deadlines how does like periods work for rsps yeah so the government uh basically allows you to collect your taxes uh get your slips and uh you you can make a contribution for the previous year so this is a great time for january 4th 2021 recording this pod and you want to make an rsp contribution for 2020 you can they give you the first 60 days of the year, this year, that is Monday, March 1st, 2021, right? You can make an RRSP contribution to reduce um, your your taxes for the previous year. So uh, you do have time, right? Collect your, your tax slips. See, maybe it makes sense from an income perspective. Maybe it makes sense from a first time home buyers. One thing we haven't really touched upon is going back to school. So. Mm-hmm. The government does allow you to withdraw an RRSP called the Lifelong Learning Plan, and you're able to withdraw $10,000 uh, and similar concept where you have to do a repayment. It is over a shorter amount of years, um, but again, you get that two years from when you graduate to, to, to kind of you get that one year that you right, graduate plus another year, and then you start the repayment. So it's uh, that's another program that you can use. Uh, when it comes to to um, lifelong learning plan, Jude, I got a question. Have you ever encountered anybody using the lifelong learning plan as your days in the banking center as a personal advisor? I think I have done one, and it was very long ago, and I don't remember. I remember even doing ones with financial hardship as well, right? Like you could do a financial hardship withdrawal for. It might be uh, locked in pension plans. That's- that's a locked-in RRSP, exactly. So a locked-in uh, registered savings plan is when you get money from a company pension. So the reason why it's locked in is because it needs to last the life of 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 you, right? So generally, you can't take out the money until you're 55. However, there are exceptions. So you mentioned financial hardship. Let's say your income is under a certain amount, you can take out some money, right? You can actually, if it's a small amount, let's say it's under, I want to say $12,000, right? Check, talk to your advisor, but you can take out the money. So there are exceptions where uh, you're able to kind of take the money, maybe transfer to an RRSP, and then from there you can withdraw, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's a, that is a locked-in RRSP. And it's, yeah. Okay, so once you... Once you do retire, so okay, say everything goes by, and did you did you finish talking about the timeline? I, I'm not sure if I remember that, like the deadlines and the periods. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. March first, March first, 2021, right? You can mm-hmm. um, contribute to your RRSPs. For, it's the first 60 days of every year. Mm-hmm. You can contribute to your RRSPs for the previous year. Mm-hmm. So can you explain that? What do you mean by previous year and why first 60 days? Uh, again, it's just a collect collect the tax information, right? You can the, when you finish your employment for 2020, right? December 31st, right? Earned all your income, you get your uh, your tax documents maybe mid January, maybe the end of January, right? Collect your slips, and then if you made let's say 
let's say a, a little bit more money than you thought. You want to make an RRSP contribution to reduce your taxes. They give you those first 60 days to do okay. that. Okay. And then I guess an, a big question is, okay, we talked about RSPs and how they work, but what happens when you do retire and when you start to take that money? Is there a period where you it automatically makes you kind of start taking the money out? Can you kind of explain the end process of it all? Yeah. So um, really good concept is you making a lot of money and uh, you know, you end up uh, 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 making less in retirement. So generally, most people's income, it's CPP, which is the Canada Pension Plan, might pay you out, let's say, $13,000. You have old age security, which let's say pays you out $7,000, $8,000, right? And then you're only making $21,000 from the government if you don't have a pension. You use those RRSPs and maybe you withdraw, let's say, fifteen or twenty or twenty-five thousand from there to kind of help increase your income. And uh, uh, yeah, it, you're you're at that lower tax bracket because remember we talked about how uh, in in Ontario, kind of that first forty-five thousand taxed at twenty percent. If you're from forty-five to forty-nine thousand, it's taxed at twenty-four percent. From forty-nine to seventy-nine, taxed at roughly thirty percent. Seventy-nine to ninety, thirty-one and a half. I right? see so it increases the amount that you're um, you're paying in taxes. So you get the benefit of decreasing your taxes when you're making the money, and then when you're withdrawing it you're taking it out at that lower tax bracket. So you've saved on that, you know, the difference between when you contributed to when you withdrew. And then it also provides that income uh, for retirement. Because let's be honest, $21,000, you do you think that's enough to live on in retirement? No, no, I don't think it is at all. So I better start saving. We better start saving. Absolutely. Yeah. And then some Canadians are lucky. They get um, their RRSPs. They get a pension, right? Um, and then just additional income. But yeah, that's pretty much um, the concept of RRSPs. Okay. So what about people that feel like they're pretty steady and they don't need to take... Is there like a timeline where your RRSPs get converted automatically into something where it's drawing out money? Yes. So, uh, 71 years old, that's when you need to convert your RRSP into a RIF. The only difference between an RRSP and a RIF, RRSP, you can put money in, take money out. A RIF, you can only take money out. And um, you got to do that conversion at 71. Got to make sure you're taking your first withdrawal by 72. December 31st, right? December 31st. Mm -hmm. Take that last withdrawal, You, but you could take it earlier. You could take it January 1st and you could do it as a lump sum. You could do it as semi-annual payments. You could do it as quarterly payments, monthly payments, whatever works for you. Okay, so that sounds amazing. Like, uh, I guess it makes you kind of withdraw it at a period of time where, you know, it gives you kind of a deadline. So, I mean, I got a lot of information from you. It was great. The chat was great. Is there anything, the only other thing I guess I would want to cover is where would you go, who to see when you're thinking about getting an RSP? Yeah, go to your local bank, talk to your advisor, um, 
and and they'll they'll help guide you down that path right yeah uh, one thing that i did want to mention sorry just before we wrap up beneficiaries because it's a registered product god forbid something happens you can designate a beneficiary on these rrsps and that money let's say it's your spouse uh they'll give an exemption a spouse or a financially dependent uh child um they'll be able to get that money tax free right it kind of rolls over into their rrsp right and if if um if uh if it's not a spouse and it'll just be taxed and paid out to the beneficiary irrespective of what the will says. So I'd say if you do get an RRSP, make sure you're kind of just thinking, who would I give this money to? God forbid something happens to me in the future. Okay, I thought here I thought when you're like, I want to add one last thing. I thought you were say, hit me up, Edward the Banker. I can get your RSPs done. You know. <laughs> hey, listen. You can definitely hit me up. Uh, I may not do the contribution, but I will guide you to a trusted hand that will help you. So yes, absolutely. You can you can uh, message me. I'm on Instagram. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks for listening to Financial Talks with Jude and Ed. Please, guys, follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. This is where my segue was. Check us out on Instagram. Edward the Banker, you want to hit me up for some RSP information, contributions, etc. I got you. Edward the Banker, E-D-W-A-R-D-T-H-E-B-A-N-K-E-R. And at Jude Talks, J-U-D-E-T-A-L-K-S. Until next time, folks.